Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon, Dan Cilio, National Football Show. Big Seal's a little too full of himself yesterday. Get used to it. Get used to it, my friends. And we drop a how you doing. Today, the Cowboys report. Here we are, man. Football season. Steelers and Cowboys today. We're here, man. We're here. This is, this is football season now. Okay? Teams are getting ready to rock and roll for the 2021 season. All the other sports are kind of like looking up at the NFL. And for that matter, college football's got some great content. You see, I got to tell you this, man. As we get ready for the football season, Big Sills is the king of chaos. I like storylines. I don't care what they are. <laughs> no caring what they are. Oh, wait a minute. My boy Krause, man, no, please, no vaccination. <laughs> okay, I know. Still going to be a storyline, though. I got to want to hear. I, 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 I know. I know. But it's a button pusher there for a lot of people out there. Oh, you're anti, are you? I'm not anti anything, man. You know what I'm anti? I'm anti-Nazis. That's what I'm anti. Okay, those are the only people in the world I hate. Other than that, dude, I don't really care about anything else in life. Oh, well, I like my hamburgers, like, you know, a little bit more well done than others. You know, I'm not a blood guy, you know, so, I mean... But I, I don't hate very many things because you know why? Whatever gets content and clicks, I guess nowadays, got to add the clicks into it. That's what I'm all about. Okay? That's what I'm all about. It, it, it's funny. I was talking to my boy Krause. You know what? He, he, was, he was talking to me about, I, I don't care. If a guy gets clicks and a guy is polarizing and a person is somebody people want to hear, then we're going to put them on. I don't care if I like them or not. Has nothing to do with it. That's exactly correct. That's what we do here, man. You know, that's why we ask questions and we kind of like sneak some tricky questions in. I'll give you for instance before you move on here. By the way, John McMullen from Birds 365 will be on with us. He and Jody do a fabulous job here on the Jacob Media channel. He'll be at the bottom of the hour. Tell people this all the time, man. Hey, you know, <laughs> if I could get OJ on, I am. Yeah, but nothing. He killed. I, I I know the story. It's been played out, and I've seen it in movies. I know the book. Oh, why would you go watch a movie like The Titanic? I know it hits the iceberg and sinks. Okay, but I do like the content and the story to it. 
I mean, why would you make a movie on something you know the end to? And go see it. Well, I know the end of that movie. The ship sinks, people die. How you doing? <laughs> we still go watch it and make it one of the top movies of all time. I know the story. That's the greatest thing about football, though, and sports in general. We saw something last night with Giannis in Milwaukee. You know what really moves the networks? And I'll say this to you, too. I think this is a great point. Who cares if ratings in hockey or baseball if football, name the sport, aren't great? Do you know what the number one mover of content is on all of these television networks? It's sports. The NHL just sold their rights for ESPN to air their games for $790 million. Hockey gets no numbers unless you're in the Northeast or you're in Canada or particular markets like Nashville and Carolina and Tampa. Okay? Honestly, man, unless you're one of the like original teams or you're in one of those hotbed cities, they get no numbers, man. You think you get hockey numbers in L.A.? Come on. Lakers struggle, struggle with numbers. I heard people talking about the ratings of the NBA last night. Who cares? They're going to ask for triple the numbers the NBA is when it comes to the new television contract because of gambling now being part of it. So when you hear people or you watch people on Twitter, by the way, I used to be one of those tools. Well, you see the ratings? And then I started seeing what they were asking for and what they're getting. Sports is the biggest mover of content for all these networks. You know, I, I've, I've had, you know, Sean McManus on. We had Sean McManus on this show. We were talking about it. You know, that's the number one property for CBS. All the shows combined. CBS spends more money on sports than any other entity that they put on their network, the Masters, the NCAA basketball tournament, the Southeastern Conference football games, college football, NFL for sure, right? I mean, those are their biggest operating budget expenses is sports. I was watching a story last night play out, and I was rooting for Giannis and his Milwaukee Bucks. You know, I throw this out to you. I think Aaron Rodgers can maybe take a lesson from what we saw last night with what Giannis did. You know, I, I said this yesterday to you. 2014, Giannis made a promise to the city of Milwaukee that he was going to deliver a championship. How great is it when you're a sports prophet and you can do that? In the city that invested in you, they gave him a max deal. He's going nowhere. And here's a guy that is all about that city. And you know what he did? He carved out a little moment for himself last night when he was named the Bill Russell Finals MVP. And there he was with both trophies. It's got to feel like an incredible accomplishment when you're a Super Bowl MVP and you're holding the Lombardi trophy like Brady has seven times. And to know the journey that you've been on. And, I, and, and I'll give you some context here with this. You know, you can buy a home and own a home. You know, and it's your home. You love the house. It's something that you love. You know, you live in it. You have your family in it. But isn't there something special about a house that you build from the beginning? You, you pick out the floor tile. You pick out the cabinets. You, you pick out how the pool's going to be shaped. 
And by the end of the journey you go on building your home, it's your own private palace. It's something that you took immense pride in. I'm not saying that the house you live in now that you bought is not meaningful to you, but doesn't it mean something that's a little bit more here that you spent time picking out the intangibles on what you wanted to see your house look like from start to finish? That's what Giannis did last night. Instead of being like Kevin Durant or LeBron James, and by the way, I'm not really diminishing it. I'm just saying that I think it's pretty cool that Giannis was able to be from the beginning of building this thing in Milwaukee. First time in 50 years they won a championship. And if you told me three years ago that Milwaukee would ever win an NBA championship, I'd be like this. No way. You're never going to see that team win a champ. Milwaukee? You think the NBA was rooting for Milwaukee? Maybe Adam Silver was because he doesn't really like these super teams. Look at how revered he is now in that state of Wisconsin. There's not a more popular guy in that state than Giannis right now and what he delivered, and that includes Aaron Rodgers. You see, he was talking about building it from the beginning. That's all those conversations were last night after the postgame. He was just talking about building it and being together. And, and you think about it, too. Get this. There's no really superstar second guy there. Okay, there's nobody like Kobe and Shaq and, you know, uh, Pippen and Jordan. There's nobody like that there. This guy is just a dude, man. He carried that franchise 50 points. And now, by the way, out of sight, out of mind. You know, I heard people saying that that was the greatest finals uh, game six closeout game in NBA history. I'm like this. Hold on for a second. Let me hook you up here. How would you like to have to go to Philly in a game six? And you have to replace Jabbar because he's injured. You're 20 years old. You say to Pat Riley, I'll play the five. You're a point guard. Magic Johnson in that series against the 76ers and Dr. J and Moses Malone, two of the greatest players to ever live. By the way, 83, I believe, that team would end up winning a championship anyway. And he goes in there as a 20-year-old kid, and he delivers 42, 15, and 7, playing the 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You'll never see anything like that ever again happen in NBA history. Hell, you'll never see a rookie quarterback at 20 years old go into a Super Bowl and carry his team across the finish line like that. What Magic Johnson did that night in Philly is the greatest closeout game in NBA history. I don't care what you tell me about Jordan in Utah game six. He had one rebound and like one assist or something. Magic Johnson took over for Kareem. You could make the argument he's one of the top three players in the history of the NBA. Talk about prisoners of the moment. That's why Big Seals puts everybody back in their tracks here. Stay on the rail here, man. Think about what Magic did at 20. Hold on for a second here. Magic Johnson at 20. Year previous, you know what he does? At 19, he beats Bird in Utah. Gets Michigan State the national championship against Larry Bird. You know what he did the year before that at 18? He won a state championship in Michigan. 18, 19, and 20. 
Magic Johnson wins a high school state championship, a national championship, and then that dude delivers the goods where he is an NBA champion. I don't know about you, man. <laughs> I, I really don't ever tell me, hey, what Giannis did throw him 50 up last night, I think it was 50 and 15. Or, he was spectacular. Come on, man. Magic had Moses and Dr. J on the floor. Billy Cunningham. Maurice Cheeks and them dudes. You crazy, man? That basketball, that Sixer team was as good as any team you can have in the NBA's history as well. You put Dr. J and Moses Malone. Moses owned the league, man. I don't see anybody on that Suns team like that. Who, Chris Paul? That dude was out of gas. Not going to dismiss anything Giannis did because he delivered. And where I was going with it was, let's not be prisoners of the moment here, but I'll tell you something what he did. He galvanized an entire community. They love that dude, man. You think they love Aaron Rodgers like that? I don't know. I think Aaron Rodgers comes off to me sometimes like, you know, I'm not the best dudes when it comes to, like, having relationships. I brought this up yesterday. Even when he's dating chicks, man, this guy doesn't stick with a woman very long. And by the way, I'm commenting on this from 30,000 feet. I see the same crap you do. You know, Danica Patrick and all that stuff. I'm like, I don't know, you know. Some movie actress he was uh, dating. And I'm going like, I don't know. He just doesn't really seem to like relationships. And the longest relationship he's had is with this Packer team. I think Aaron Rodgers is just out over it. He wants to move on. Like he does with everything in his life when it comes to personal relationships. It's a character thing in him. You know, a zebra's not going to change its stripes. It's who he is. And that's who Aaron Rodgers is. He doesn't like to stay committed very long to anything except himself. Okay. Okay, that's fine, man. But I don't know if you're going to win very many championships doing that. And you know what he relies on the most is that God-given ability of his. Watch this. When you talk about God-given ability, is Aaron Rodgers more gifted as a quarterback in all the skill set tools he has than Tom Brady? I don't think it's close. I, he ain't as accurate. Statistically, that's a fact. Look at those touchdowns and interception ratios that he has. Brady's never in that room. Aaron Rodgers lives in this one, 33 touchdowns and like five picks every year. It's the greatest differential I've ever seen. I mean, it was a couple of years ago, people were going, he had a bad year. I think he had 26 touchdowns and six picks or something. And he went to the Pro Bowl and I was like, how, how do you say that that guy had a bad year? That guy was sensational. Anytime you get those kind of numbers, you know, you're, you're, you're always going to win ball games because he is a magical guy at spinning that rock. But when it comes to, like, being that leader, I just, I don't know, maybe you should take a lesson from Giannis. Those guys loved him last night, those, those Bucks. And by the way, the Suns were up on that team. They just grinded it out, man. They saw they had a chance to win an NBA championship, but they were not going to let that moment go. They were not going to let go, as Mike Tomlin would say, of the rope. And they delivered, man. I'm watching that thing, and I'm going like this. That is really a sensational run to the championship. Now you got all the pundits out there going, yeah, man, we had a year, though, this year where 
guys were like hurt and, you know, the pandemic. Hey, dude, you think Nick Saban gets a rat's ass about that when he won a national championship last year? You think Tom Brady cared about a pandemic? Excuses are for losers. They're completely for losers. Well, you know, he really gave a great effort, and I hear people going, you know, well, the Nets, they'll be there next year. Let me tell you something, man. Anybody that stands for losing and enjoys losing, I'll show you a waiter. Nobody likes to lose. Anybody who likes to lose, there's a picture of a waiter in your wallet. Losing. Well, you know, he won and he lost with dignity. Shut up, man. Losing with dignity. Nobody remembers who lost. It's all about scoreboard. The only place that you get that crap is in politics and covering it. Well, we kind of won. <laughs> okay. You, you know, the guy that goes on a golf course and goes, when somebody asks him a question, they go, hey, so what'd you shoot today? Oh, around an 80. No, golf's not a bell curve. <laughs> you know, I mean, you either shot a 78 or you shot an 80 or you were over a C note. So when you play golf and you hear a tool go, hey, I'm around an 80. No, dog. Golf is a precise number. You either shoot 78 or you're an 80 guy or your handicap is here. That's why they have handicaps. I love the guy who always does that. Yeah, I'm a, what do you, like, grade your life on a bell curve? <laughs> I'm like, man, come on now. All right. Let's move on. I mentioned that the Cowboys are showing up to training camp today. By the way, that football team's a 10-7 team. I, I still don't see where they've gotten better. Okay, they get the kid from Penn State. I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's an absolutely fabulous player. You add him to the mix, fantastic, great, okay. But their, their issues were stopping the run. Their issues were getting after the quarterback. You see all them teams just gouge them up the middle. You know what the Dallas Cowboys defense was last year? Here, let me make a comparison to you. You get into a boxing ring, and you're fighting a dude, and he's got one hand tied behind his back. That means he can't defend himself. The Cowboys couldn't defend themselves when they had to play defense. They just got destroyed. They, they, they could not defend themselves. You know, they, they couldn't. And did they get better on that defensive side of the football? I don't know. I, I don't know if they did. You know, everyone's like, well, you know, they got Dan Quinn in there now. I'm like, so what, man? Just because I could get a guy in there and tell you where to line up, that doesn't mean you're going to execute that. It just does not mean you're going to execute it. So I'm like, I'm like, okay. You know, I mean, the Cowboys, to me, they're a 10-7 and 7 team. I don't see them getting any better. Now, are they going to be better offensively? Yeah, Dak's going to make them better. But remember something, before he got injured in that Giants game, they were like one in four. I don't know. So you sign them. Great. They're going to score a lot of points and give up a boatload of points still. Until you can prove you can stop people, they're going to run the ball down your throat. That's how teams are going to beat the Cowboys. You know how I'm going to beat the Cowboys? Anytime you see a football team throw the ball for 35 or 40 times against Dallas, it's poor play calling. This is how I'm going to beat Dallas. I'm going to get a running back. I'm going to give that guy 35 carries. I'm going to challenge the Cowboys to go, I don't think you can stop the run. 
I, I, I don't think you're tough enough. And we're going to go play 60 minutes of football, and we're going to see who the best man standing is. I'm not going to give you the ball and one, two, and look like a ballet routine, one, two, three, kick, one, two, three, kick, because my quarterback sucks out loud. See, that'll be the issue with the Eagles this year. They'll think they have to throw the ball 35 times a game, and that'll keep the Cowboys in that game, and that's how the Eagles will lose that game. The way to beat the Cowboys is run the ball down their throat. They proved it all last year, and I don't see where they improved in that front seven. Now they got a new scheme. They went from 43 to 34, back to 43. Those are fronts. Four-man D-line, three-man D-line. I don't think they got the personnel for both. Last year, if your best football player and your front seven was Alden Smith, you're in trouble. So when Dallas goes to Oxnard, and they're there now, and they're practicing, I don't care what anybody and their, pro- and their predictions are. Show me that you're going to be able to stop the run. Cowboys haven't proven that now. So I don't care what the media says. What the media will do is in that stupid-ass pro football focus, which is clickbait meat, what they'll do is, you know what they'll do? They'll go, oh, the Cowboys. Because you know why? The Cowboys are the most watched television show the NFL has every year. So what they'll do is they'll try to pop up the Cowboys and everybody will go, hey, the Cowboys, man. I mean, the Cowboys, why would you even talk about the Cowboys? They've sucked for 26 years. Where do you see where the Cowboys have been relevant? Oh, that's right. The star and the owner. Hmm. All right. So let's go here. Real quick, don't forget, John McMullen from Birds 365 will be with us here in a couple minutes. We'll get his thoughts on Philly and where they fit into the NFC East. You know, one thing I took away from last night's finals, too. So look what you have in two sports. Oh, and by the way, Emmanuel Acho from Speak for Yourself and Stephen A. Smith probably hate this the most. You know what's crazy here? Shohei Otani is the face of Major League Baseball, a Japanese-born kid. And now in basketball, Giannis is the face of the NBA. This couldn't be a better moment for both those leagues where it shows you that anybody from around the world can come to this country and be a star in American sports. You talk about open borders. How about open opportunity? You can come to this country like Shohei Otani with the Angels and be a star. Giannis coming from Greece, 18 years old. It's now the face of the NBA. Stephen A. Smith said, can't have a guy who doesn't speak English the face of your game. Well, my folks, when they came to this country, didn't speak English. And you got, you got Giannis last night talking about that same thing, hope. Kids sitting in Greece going, man, he went to America and turned his dreams into reality. Brother, I don't know what's not more American than that. Open borders to your sport is a good thing, Stephen A., Emmanuel Acho. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Expand your mind a little bit. All right. Let's try to figure out where this Eagles team fits in the NFC East. 
all kinds of questions going into the 2021 training camp. We'll talk to our friend John McMullen. We'll do that next from Birds 365. Keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Dan Cilio, National Football Show. By the way, there's serious conversation going on that the Olympics could be canceled. Opening ceremonies are scheduled for Friday. There's going to be no fans. And it looks like there is a serious debate because of the new COVID cases that have spiked there in Japan that the Tokyo Games could be in jeopardy now. So, listen, you know what's funny about that whole 
set up and how they set up their own rules. It's funny, man. They'll break all kinds of rules when it comes to craziness when you're talking about transgender or when it talks to uh, the issues of protesting and all this other stuff. But they still can't get the science right when it comes to the COVID-19. Mask outside, you know, inside. For the record, who came up with that six-foot rule? Where, where, where's the science on that? I've never understood that. You know, that was, a fa- that was from a pandemic back in like 1901 when the Spanish flu, that's where the six-foot thing came from. They used something from 100-some-odd years ago to say that that was proper protocol. And I'm like, how do you know that that is indicative of what's with this new disease here? You're battling on the hill now with whose fault it is. Anytime you have politics involved in sports, and then God forbid you take the pandemic and you drop the pandemic into the conversation, you're never, ever going to feel comfortable in anything that you do when you're talking about trying to work through it, get through it, proper protocols, because people are going to have just different opinions of it. You're, you're, you're not going to be working together to try to resolve issues here. Nobody does that in Washington now. When you use a pandemic like this, like, like, like again, look at what the NFL is going to be facing when it comes to their fans versus some of the players who are still not looking to, like, get vaccinated and stuff. So that's going to be a major issue for the National Football League. All right. I really love this guy, man. I just got a chance to become friends with him over the last couple months here. John McMullen joins us now from Birds 365 and does a great show with Jody Mack, the legendary Jody Mack. And, brother, I love it, man. I mean, I watch you guys all the time, man. I mean, Philadelphia sports. Let me let, let me give this to you, John. And I, I kind of broached this with you before. So I, I when Jerome Brown first got drafted to the Eagles, I go, what's it like there? He goes, dude, these people love the living you-know-what out of this team. I go, look, they love the Flyers. You know, they love the Phillies. They love all their sports teams. They're super passionate about it. He goes, but the Eagles, there's nothing like being a Philadelphia Eagle in a town. And when you're good, man, you're like a god. You go anywhere. You're not paying for anything. It's just something about being a Philadelphia Eagle in that town, isn't it, John, where – I mean, you're like a walking god when you're in that town, especially when you're good. Yeah, it's it. it you're right, Dan. It, they're incredibly passionate fans, and you know that that there's two sides to that sword. And we just went through the bad side with Carson Wentz. I mean, there's such pressure to perform, and you mentioned, but when you're a Jerome Brown, when you're Reggie White back in the day, yeah, I mean, you're a legend. You're good, Brian Dawkins forever. You know, Jody, Jody, and I were talking about. I, I don't know if you saw, but there was a big thing about this Carson Wentz banner on Lincoln Financial Field. I'm like, who cares? Who cares? They'll have it down for the, the first preseason game. But the fans are going nuts about it. And I'm saying to myself, I, I, I don't even get it. And I'm here. But there's such passion for this team. And they want everything, this team, to be successful. And you're right. When, when you reach the heights and you're great, uh, it's unbelievable, but there's there's the downside to that. That if you don't perform, man, you're going to take some hits, and you're going to take some significant significant hits that you're not going to take in other cities. And that's why I think people are 
are at least some people look at Carson Wentz in Indianapolis and say maybe he can get things going back there because it's more laid back. It just is. Let me give you a spin then on this. Two guys, and I'm gonna actually I'm gonna bring up three guys. Brady, I think it's week four. He's going back to New England and he's gonna be playing against the Patriots up there at Gillette. I think the Patriot fans are going to cheer the guy. And Boston's a pretty tough town, too, okay, when it comes yeah, to the sports is. fans. I think they're going to cheer him, and then I think it's going to be because of the equity that he built up in that city by winning those six championships that Brady's going to be looked at like when Orr went to Chicago and they moved into Chicago or, or when uh, Ray Bork went to uh, Colorado with the Avalanche. He played all those legendary years in Boston, and that city still, no matter what those guys did, every other place. And I would say even Andy Reid with Philly. I got to think, though, in a city like Philadelphia, if Andy Reid comes back and he brings that Kansas City team into Lincoln Financial, how do you think the fans would revere him? Well, they revere him. I mean, Andy's been back. And would they cheer him? Yeah, I think they cheer Andy Reid at this point. But remember, Dan, you're bringing up you bring up Boston. You're right about Boston. Boston's the same way. It's the whole Northeast Carter. But how do you boo Tom Brady? I mean, he's got six for you. He's got six. Even if you want to boo him, you can't boo him. I mean, he's such a legend. Andy never got over the hump here. So at the end, there were a lot of fans who said, okay, it's time. We got to move on from this guy. And then as time went by, they say, okay, he really is a great coach. Good for him. He finally got a Super Bowl title. And by the way, that was easier for Eagles fans to take because they finally got their own. I think if they didn't get their own, maybe there would still be some disharmony with Andy Reid. But, man, you can't compare anybody to Tom Brady. I mean, the guy's at the White House cracking jokes. He's talking about playing the forty-six. We talk about goats all the time, Dan. Hey, you're a goat in the – I always say you're a goat in the weight room, right, Miami and and, and Maryland. Tom Brady is on a different level. He's on a Michael Jordan level. I mean, that's where he is. He's got six. How how angry could you be at him if you're in Boston? Let me throw this at you, too. When you think of Philly fans and you're looking at two coaches, I just mentioned Danny Reid. Dick Vermeil did the same thing. Yeah, Do you think that kind of tempered it a little bit when Dick took that team to a Super Bowl also the same way that Andy Reid took the Eagles to a Super Bowl, didn't get over the hump, but when Vermeil won that Super Bowl in St. Louis with the Rams, was it kind of like, you know, that's what maybe made it easier for Eagle fans to understand when Andy won that title in Kansas City that, hey, look, man, they didn't get it done here, but they had great years here. We respect these guys. You think Vermeulen's looked at in the same light as what Andy is, or is Andy considered the greatest coach in Eagle history? And I would say to you, even though Peterson won the Super Bowl and maybe arguably some of the best years in Eagle history since the Super Bowl era, it seems to me that those two coaches are revered by Eagle fans, at least since the Super Bowl era. Yeah, I mean, Andy's the best coach in Eagles history. Certainly, you know, modern Eagles history. I don't think it's even close. Um. He's not the most popular. Dick Vermeil's the most popular. And probably Buddy Ryan might be the second huh? most popular, to be honest. I mean, it's a personality thing. When Dick left, Dick's still here, by the way, and, he's, and he came back, and he's, 
you know, he was always on I-95 in Philadelphia. He had this big billboard. He was a Blue Cross uh, spokesman. Uh, he's always been beloved in this town, always, because it's, he's the nicest guy in the world. Um, and it never wavered. Even when he left, even when he was the head coach of other teams, he was still beloved in Philadelphia. Andy, because of his personality, because of the fact he wouldn't get he couldn't get over the hump. You know, people get spoiled, Dan. I always <laughs> say the Green Bay Packers fans, they're the most spoiled of all. <laughs> I mean, they're the they've had 30 consecutive years of Hall of Fame quarterback play. 30 consecutive years of Hall of Fame quarterback play. And they haven't gotten over the hump. They say well, Farr's only got one. Rodgers has only got one. You know what other fan bases would have to have only one? I mean, they 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 would love it. They're spoiled. Um, Eagles fans got a little spoiled with Andy Reid because he had all the playoff appearances, all the NFC Championship game appearances, and if they expected that. And then it became, if you don't give me the Super Bowl, you stink. So he had a little bit of that taint on him when he left. And then time heals all wounds. And people kind of got back and said, okay, Andy is really a good coach. And I think he's more respected. I don't know if he's loved because of the personality, but he's certainly respected. Half the city rooting for Carson Wentz? No. No? Even no. though, even though if he has success in Indianapolis this year, this is where passion sometimes blinds fans and fandom here, John, because yeah, if this guy does well, pick, yeah. that thing turns into a first round yeah. pick. So, I mean, that enhances the opportunity for assets for the Eagles moving yeah. forward to keep rebuilding the team. But what happened here actually then must have really just been a really bad taste in the fan base's mouth. If you're not even rooting for the guy, and it would benefit you if he has some type of success in Indianapolis. Yeah, they want him to play 75% of the snaps and stink up the joint, which is probably <laughs> not going to happen. That's what they want, though. Um, they they feel, for the most part, that he he checked out on the team. He gave up on the team. He he, And, you know, it's not fair. I don't think it's fair, but... You know, I often point this. You you can say whatever you want about Carson Wentz, and I criticize him for not taking the Jalen Hurts uh, draft pick a little bit better. Um, but man, that doesn't happen in this league, Dan. You're 27 years old. You're 10 months off the historic contract extension, and they're taking a quarterback at 53. It's never happened before in the Super Bowl era. You could talk about the Packers taking Rodgers. Bard was old. Uh, Jordan Love. Rodgers is old. You could at least, you know, look at the team and say, okay, I get what you're trying to do. Jimmy Garoppolo in New England when Brady was still there. I get what you're trying to do. When you're 27 and you've just been given the most guaranteed money in the history of the NFL at the time, and they're taking another quarterback at 53? Let's put it this way. If the Eagles had that choice back, and by the way, Dan, this has nothing to do with Jalen Hurts, the player. They would not make that pick because now they understand. The night of the draft, I called it a laboratory pick. I called it a vacuum pick. It looks fine inside a vacuum 
when you don't take human nature into effect. Now they look back with revisionist history and say, this really affected our quarterback. And when they made that pick, and here's the point, Dan, there was no, they wanted a cost-effective backup. There was no thought that Jalen Hurts would be the starter of the team. They made a big mistake. He should have handled it better, but they made a big mistake. Absolutely. I thought I called it a seatbelt um, draft where, you know, because the guy had been hurt so much, they weren't doing it to replace him. No. They were doing it to cover their ass. And like you said, John, they've got to do things when you're balancing your salary cap. You can't have high priced guys at that position at both positions, your backup and your starter. So no question. Let me get into this upcoming season here. Where do you think this Eagle team fits into the NFC East? Uh, on paper, it's not good. I mean, it, it's tough to believe in this team because you have a quarterback who started four games and completed 52% of the passes, his passes, which is dismal. And in the modern NFL, you got to complete 65 in your average. So he's got to get better really quickly to have a rookie head coach. So you kind of look at it and say, even though it's a bad division, Dallas has Dak Prescott back. The Washington football team, I think they're going to win the division. I think they're the most well-rounded team. And I think Ryan Fitzpatrick can at least play at a level where he can he can make that defense. They're going to have a top-five defense. So all they need is to stay away from mistakes, game manager. You're going to have the occasional Fitz tra tragic game, but he'll bounce back and he'll play well enough. And then the Giants have Saquon Barkley back. So on paper – I think they look like the worst team in the division. However, we know we know how this league is built on parity, Dan. And I always say, as a fan of any particular team, if you want to, you can talk yourself into a lot of things. And what I mean by that is everybody has good players in the NFL. So if you want to be a glasses-half-empty guy, We are going to try to reconnect here with John here in a second. I really love that, where, where he was going here. Glass, glass half full. Here we go. Okay, continue your point. Glass half full here, John. Go ahead. Glass, glass is half empty, guy. Glass is half full. What I'm trying to say, you look at Dallas and say, okay, they have Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb and, and all these weapons and Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott's back. How are we going to stop that offense um, with the Eagles' cornerbacks? So that's the way if you want to be negative, if you want to be positive, you say to yourself, well, the Eagles might have a top-five offensive line if, if Lane Johnson is healthy, Brandon Brooks is healthy, Jason Kelsey's there. That's top-five all day. They still have Fletcher Cox. They still have Brandon Graham, uh, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat. They have a deep defensive line, certainly could be top 10 in the league. You know, as a former defensive tackle, if you can block people in this league and you can rush the passer, you can win some games. So do you want to be positive or do you want to be negative? You can talk yourself into a lot of things. Absolutely here. And, you know, you mentioned Lane Johnson and, you know, Follow me along my thinking here and tell me if you, because you're around the team and you know how this team has responded to criticism, to accolades, how they handled themselves after the Super Bowl. I'll tell you something that really impressed me about the group 
you know, Lane Johnson, and again, this guy, Michael Robinson from the NFL Network, and, you know, I don't know how you take out of a coach who's around his players with helmets and shorts and OTAs and mini camps and stuff, and you go, well, you know, there's guys whispering in a corner or doing things. I mean, you don't even know if this guy can handle, like, timeouts yet going into the half or at the end of games. You don't know his game management, how he does personnel settings. You have no idea until you get into exhibition games or until you get into at least the first quarter poll of the season. And yet Lane Johnson came out, and the majority of the players, they put their name on it and they stamped it instead of these these whispers. And I think that's been part of the issue with the Eagles over the last two years has been there's too much whispering going on in the corners, is that they rushed to his defense. Hey, man, we really like what he's doing. I really like him. John, I, I, I've seen that stuff galvanize teams where it rallies the troops around one guy because they're pushing for that guy and they're pulling for that guy because that guy's being honest and genuine with them. You may like the, you know, the rock, paper, scissors thing. You may not like that and all that other stuff that he's saying, but I, I, I took it from what the players were doing and they rallied around him. I took that as a positive. How did you take it? Yeah, I think it's a positive. And especially when it's Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, players like that, who are leaders of the team. I, I think it's great that they come to the defense of the head coach who is a rookie and is unproven and all that stuff. But I will say, and you know this even better than me, I mean, we're talking about 90-man uh, locker rooms in the offseason, Dan. You can line up the next 90 people you hmm. meet. They're not all going to like you. <laughs> I mean, bottom line is there are people questioning Nick Sirianni. I mean, but why wouldn't they be? I don't think that's that big of a deal. Um any rookie head coach in this league, especially when you're coming off, you know, relative success. You had a Super Bowl, you had three playoff appearances with the former head coach, who, by the way, everyone loved uh, player-wise. So it doesn't surprise me some guys are saying, what the, what the heck is this rock, paper, scissors? What is, what is he doing? But while I say that, I also don't think it's that big of a deal and I think it's really important to get the veteran leaders on your side. And that part's a positive because Lane Johnson's on his side, Jason Kelsey. They're giving him a chance. Everybody deserves a chance. When the Eagles hired Doug Peterson, everyone said, this is going to be a disaster. Uh, and by the way, the Eagles could say whatever they want, Dan. They wanted to hire Adam Gase. Yeah. They wanted to hire Adam Gase. And when they didn't get Adam Gase, they wanted Ben McAdoo. And they ended up with Doug Peterson. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. I'll make a, I'll make a point to you here. After Jimmy's first year in Dallas, he's one in fifteen. He replaces Tom Landry, Skip Bayless, Randy Galloway. Everybody was just banging on this guy. No way, college guy. Never get it. Never understand. This is what I, you know. And I told you that I've been going back and forth with Nick and we're supposed to get him on our show. You know, Bob Lang said that over the next couple of days, I said this and I text this to him. I said, you know, Jimmy Johnson, you had Dave wants that go to him once and say this to him. Hey, Jimmy, man, maybe we should go to a three, four defense and not the four, three, you know, we're getting killed. You know, we're one and 12 at the time. And Jimmy looked at him and went, no, 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 no. We're going to stick to what we're doing. I've got to plan what we're doing. We're going to get there. And it resulted in three Super Bowls. I mean, so if Sirianni sticks to what he's 
doing is sticks to his guns and he at least sticks to his philosophy and he's open-minded. I mean, I think there's a balance there. I, I, I think he's got a chance to succeed. And like you said, I mean, every coach that's a rookie coach, even Parcells, I mean, John gets questioned. That's why I think your point is really good point because what rookie coach didn't, I mean, were they not howling at Dick Vermeil his first season? Oh yeah. When he got I mean, to Philadelphia, I'm saying, here's another college guy, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what, go back to UCLA, dude. It ain't like that, you know, here in Philly. Da, 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 da. And then he's like, you said, one of the most revered guys. So I, I, I see some positives. Are you seeing positives with Nick Sirianni? Do you feel good about him? I do. You know, I got to see Nick a little bit behind the scenes. And look, he didn't come up great in his introductory press conference, no. but that doesn't that doesn't mean anything. No. I mean, it, it's understandable. He's a little bit nervous. And I'll tell you what, he's really passionate about football. He really is. It's not an act. His energy, his enthusiasm. And I think that's going to play well. But you know, you know, Dan. Things like that play really well when you win. They play really poorly. If he starts losing, look, the epitaph on his uh, tombstone in Philadelphia, if he fails, it's going to be rock, paper, scissors. It just is. People are going to rip him. They're never going to let him forget that. However, he's got a chance to to turn it around. And, and the way you turn it around in this league is win, and everybody forgets all the ancillary nonsense. But if you're unsuccessful, they're going to say, rah, rah, high school guy, too much. You can't do this with players. It's not true. Players, and Barrett Brooks always tells me this, the old uh, Eagles offensive lineman won a Super Bowl with the Steelers. If you can make a player better, and you can probably speak to this, they'll respect you as a coach, position coach, head coach. They just want to get better. They just want to be put in, in good conditions to succeed. Absolutely. A couple last questions here for you, John. John, give me the number one thing, or maybe there was a few things that caused the demise of the Doug Peterson era. What, what, what in your opinion, do you think was the catalyst on how this thing went so sideways? So, I mean, what, you're, you're lifting the Lombardi trophy, confetti's falling, and then within a matter of three years, it's over. How's that? How is that possible that it went south so quick? What what happened that you thought was like where you went? That's it right there. Maybe there was a, co a collective thing that happened. I think Doug finally stood up for himself. One of one of the things that I will never understand with the Eagles is they didn't allow Doug Peterson to have a, a lot of autonomy uh, with his coaching staff and. He didn't want to fire Mike Rowe, for instance, as the offensive coordinator. He didn't even want to fire Carson Walsh as the wide receiver coach. He was forced to. Um, when Jeffrey Lurie brought him in, and he was going to keep him as the head coach, but he wanted a plan. What are we going to do moving forward? And Doug wanted to elevate Matt Burke to be the defensive coordinator and Press Taylor to be the offensive coordinator. And Jeffrey said, no, you can't do that. You got to go in a different direction. And this had been going on for about three years, really since Frank left. Um, wasn't allowed autonomy in his coaching staff and said, you know what? This is bull. You know what? Uh, I want these guys. This is my plan. And he finally put his foot down and Jeffrey Lurie said, eh, 
we're going to go in a different direction. And it's interesting because, and this is very counterintuitive, Dan. Very, I don't understand it. Nick Sirianni was given more autonomy over his coaching staff than Doug Peterson, the guy mm -hmm. who won the Super Bowl for Jeffrey Lurie. And the reason I was given behind the scenes is because Nick has developed more relationships around the league because he's been in Pittsburgh. He's been in San Diego. He's been in Indianapolis. Whereas Doug was a player. Then he retired. He became a high school coach. And Andy brought him back. And he never left Andy's side. But the counterintuitive part to me is, well, why would you leave Andy Reid's side to get more experience? Look, if you get fired or you move from place to place in coaching, that means you're not getting it done. Andy Reid, you're getting it done, man. Who else do you want? That's very, very counterintuitive to me. Bottom line, though, is Doug wanted – finally put his foot down and wanted his coaches and Jeffrey. He, he wanted to direct. And by the way, as the owner, I always say, look, it's your team, especially when it comes to head coach and quarterback. But come on, Jeffrey Laurie, if you're listening, what the hell do you know about the wide receiver coach? Let the guy have his wide receiver coach. And by the way, if he fails with his own coaches, then you fire him. And then I'm fine with it. Absolutely. Finally here. Um, yesterday was uh, Ben Simmons's birthday. Did you wish him happy birthday yesterday? Oh, of course. <laughs> I say happy birthday to Ben Simmons, but man, man, poor, you talk about, but we started this conversation about the passion of Billy. You saw the negative end, man. But I'll tell you, Dan, they were so supportive of Ben Simmons for years and years and years until the very end. And he gave up that easy dunk at the end of the game. And they said, that's it. And they completely flipped and turned on it. This guy's ridiculous. We got to move on. That's how quickly they can turn on. Yeah, but I, I would say this to you. If you're like, I mean, look, look at Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz moves, moved his entire family to the Philadelphia area. They mm -hmm. wanted to be part of that community. You know, talking to all the players like, Seth Joyner and Clyde Simmons and all those guys and Andre Waters back in the day, I knew all those gang green guys. They all moved to the area, man. They wanted to be part of that community. I never thought that guy ever really truly ever wanted to be part of that community. You know, when you watch a guy like Giannis and you watch somebody who improves his game like Lamar Jackson, you and I talked about this before when I was filling in for you guys, and you see people working on their game, a community like Philadelphia or Boston or Pittsburgh, places like that, that love their team, but are going to be passionate about their team, whether it's good or bad. I mean, they're going to give you a couple speed bumps, but when you're not going to produce and you're not thinking about winning or improving your game and you're considered one of the leaders of that team, man, he, I, I think he got what he deserved in the end, man. I mean, let's not forget something. He is making immense money. And when fans see that, a blue collar city man you're not you're not going to look at a guy and go well this guy's on instagram chasing down skirts and he's jumping in his ferrari and he's not working on his game and then he lives in southern california well that there you have it on. well here it is dan this team is the number one seed they went through all that losing to get players like ben simmons and joel mb they got the atlanta hawks they think they're going to cakewalk to the eastern conference finals they lose 
because Ben Simmons won't take a shot at the end of the game, won't even attempt a shot. And then guess what? They're all disappointed. They got to watch the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis and Drew Holiday, who used to be a sixer, win an NBA championship. And they're all disappointed and devastated. And Ben Simmons is buying $18 million mansions in Los Angeles and Dayton BBC spokesmodel at Wimbledon. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit. And that's not Philadelphia. By, by the way, I don't blame Ben. If I could, I'd be dating the BBC spokesmodel as well. That My wife is out of the house, so I can say that. <laughs> Mine too. That's why I say the same thing. Yeah. I'm a yeah. troller too. Hey, John, I appreciate you doing this, man. Thank you so much, man. It's always great to get a chat with you on this stuff here, man. I, I, I love your takes too, man. I love the work that you and Jody do on Birds 365. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Anytime you need me, let me know. Hey, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it, man. You got it, man. That is John McMullen. Don't forget, you can catch him right here on the Jacob Media channel. Yeah. Ben Simmons is chasing skirts. When he said BBC, I was like, what's that? Oh, yeah, that's the... British Broadcasting Company. Is that right? See, I don't really care about too many things overseas. <laughs> Unless it's wine or booze or something, you know, Corona's. <laughs> hey, that's not something that really. Big Seals is more of a like an American deal here. Don't really care. Yeah, no. No, I do like Italian women. Okay, should I leave it there? I think we will. Interesting, too, what he was saying about, you know, how the passionate Philadelphia fans on Carson Wentz. I hate that scumbag. He's look at what this guy did to this franchise. Look at what they did. They gave him the money. They they turned on him like a dog, didn't they? But see, you got to always say this. Look at it the other side, and what's the silver lining of this thing here? If that dude and 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 by the way, there's no way anybody in Philadelphia wants to see that guy go to an AFC Championship game next year, and I think they are. Everybody in Philly's is root. See. You're rooting against him. You're not thinking clear on two points. If he does good, you get a first rounder. And he's an indie where he doesn't have to do near as much as he had to in Philly. He's got a running game. He's got a top 10 defense. He's got a top 10 offense. You've got Jonathan Taylor. You've got a relationship with your coach. I'll say this to you. If Carson Wentz, if this guy urinates all over himself in Indianapolis, man, this guy was like a one-and-a-half-year wonder. Have we ever seen that before? Rick Meyer, a couple guys who, RG3, I know injuries played a factor in that. I get it. But, I mean, dude, you've got to get into a position here where you're now being given carte blanche here in a yellow brick road for you to have success here and you better win here, man, in um, Indianapolis and the Eagle fans, look, look, look at what they've had to look, to look at Andy Reed winning a championship two years ago in Kansas city, you know, a couple decades ago, you watch Vermeil win one in St. Louis. Now you're sitting here and you're like, Jesus, man, you know, we had all of our eggs in this Carson Wentz basket and look how this whole thing ended up playing itself out here for us. And he's right, man. I mean, this guy here was given carte blanche in that team. You know, the other thing we hit on, too, was Doug Peterson. 
I cannot believe how fast that thing unraveled. You know, you could make the conversation that for Doug's time as a head coach, he was more successful in that time frame than what Andy Reid was. A couple division titles, a Super Bowl, an NFC championship. I don't know. That's like when people tell me, well, Doc Rivers sucked when he was with the Clippers. Really? Doc Rivers, it was the greatest winning time in the history of the franchise in Los Angeles with the Clippers when Doc was the head coach there. Were there postseason disasters? Yes. Has he been living off the Boston series where he won those championships, or excuse me, a championship with Kevin Garnett? Yes. All of that is true. But don't tell me Doc failed in Los Angeles. He didn't. It's the greatest winning time in the history of that franchise when Doc Rivers was there. Um, People don't like to wade through Simmons under the bus immediately. I'm not suggesting there hasn't been missteps with that. But the Doug Peterson unraveling, man. I mean, confetti's falling, right? You beat the New England Patriots. The Philly special. All of that. And it just imploded. Okay, this new nil law, I'm going to show you how I think this thing could be definitely used to the advantage of college coaches. We'll do that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.